Hey, everybody, Chad Burmeister, CEO of ScaleX.ai and the founder of SalesClass.ai. And I've got a really cool guy on the show today. In fact, talked to him on his podcast not too long ago and decided we got to do round two. So here we are. We've got Mr. Steve Brown from ROI Online, who comes at life from a marketer's perspective, but also happens to be a very good sales professional as well. So, mm -hmm. Steve, welcome to the show. Chad, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Man, it's uh, times they are a changing in the year 2020. I think, you know, if, if you go back in, in other prior centuries, there were probably pivotal years that occurred. And it's, it's wild to be living through this pivotal year, right? You could look at it as, oh, this year sucks. Or you could say, best thing that ever happened to the world. And I, I have a feeling good things are going to come out of 2020. If anything's going to come out of it, I think a lot of businesses have been taken by the shoulders and shook like your mom did you when she wanted you to really pay attention that you need to get your act together online today. Yes. Because yes. who would have ever thought there would come a time where people couldn't come to your showroom? You couldn't meet them in a conference room and shake hands. You couldn't meet them for a coffee. But if you were so inclined, they could at least come research you online and interact with you online and at least conduct business remotely. And a lot of businesses have been caught with their pants down. Yeah, I talked to the head of sales enablement at Edmonds, which is online. You want to learn about buying a car, yeah. you go to Edmonds. And we talked about what happened at the beginning of COVID, what's changed. And he said, well, we, were, we have a chat channel and it's been used widely. And we were thinking of getting into video on the chat channel. And he said, it, it just caused us to fast forward and accelerate that. Um, you know, and that was an interesting outcome. So I also attended the Topo event uh, in the last couple of days and what Topo said is that companies are having to do three things. One, it's about flexibility, two, agility, and three, speed and time to market. And so he said, typically companies look five years out or even one year out. And he mm -hmm. said, now it's 60 to 90 days out. No, there's, there's this graph that shows how change is adopted. You know, you've got your, your early guys and, I'm the early adopters, then you got your main adopters and you have the laggards. Yeah. And there's, there's like this line that shows you where it finally tips. Yep. All that's been mashed together. And it's like a, just a V. Yeah. And either you adopt it or die now. Jeffrey Moore crossing the chasm is what they mm -hmm. call that piece, the chasm. And you're right. Everything moved in. And if you're not able to make the move now, I, the other side of it is, I guess airplane stocks took an increase recently. They started going up again. Mm -hmm. And I just booked a trip um, to go to Florida. I just went to Utah. I think people are finally going to start to come out of their basements <laughs> and get on planes again. So I think, yeah, it caused us to figure out where can we be more efficient? How can we move online? Uh, but I think some of the in-person stuff is going to come back. Nicely. A little bit. Think of it this way. You run a, you say you manage a sales team and there used to be this budget where, okay, you guys have automobiles, 
you have travel budgets, you have hotel budgets, you're going to fly out and you see your customers. And, you know, we're, why do we do this? We invest in acquisition, right? This is part of our acquisition process. But all of a sudden now, the, the folks that are looking and creating these budgets and delegating these budgets, they're going, well, didn't we just do a bunch of Zoom calls and basically accomplish the same thing? Why do we need to be flying as much as we were? Why can't we do it on Zoom first? Did you do it on Zoom first? I mean, think about it. Yeah. If you had to pack your suitcase, kiss your wife and kids goodbye, be gone for a week, you know, sit in a hotel room a couple of nights by yourself while you're, you're going to meet this important client, how cool would it be to just like get up, put a shirt on, you can wear your shorts, tell the kids to be quiet, close the door, and have just an, as an effective meeting remotely and then get finished and go play with the kids or go play golf or whatever and not have to do all this travel. Yes. You know, I think you just came up with a phrase that we should patent and sell to Eric Yuan at Zoom. We're going to leave this meeting recording in a box and we're going to sell it to him. Zoom first strategy. Yes. It's a ZFS. Totally. <laughs> That's serious. Yeah. But yeah. think... I've been selling on Zoom for three years now that what we do, we can work with anybody anywhere. And the leads that I've been getting, you know, if you think about your perf our perfect customer, they're not all in this town. They're scattered all throughout. You know, we need a progressive business leader that has got a great service, great products, great people. And then they're at this point in the life cycle, that business that they go, you know, now we really need to buckle down because we're about to scale. And so they're starting to evaluate systems that they can duplicate and replicate and teach so that they can scale. And they look up, they're covered with mud and sweat. They've been working really hard and they think, they say, we can, now we really have to get our act together online. And they're not all in this town there, but they are everywhere. And you can do this all like this, but I had to learn how to, to observe body language remotely. It's a different game to how to set up meetings, how to do follow-ups. I've have clients that have been clients for years and we've never shaken hands. Mm -hmm. Well, and I remember WebEx circa 2005 to 2007 is when I was there and yeah. they were 87%. I say they now, right? Past tense yeah. for a lot of years, it's we, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and at the time we had just launched video. And I remember that we said, if you used video, it was 90% as good as being in person. You, you miss a few points, yeah. but it's close. And then if you just use phone, it goes way down. And if you're just sending an email, it's down to like 12%. And so, so many people who are just using digital communications and not running a video camera, I mean, the, the bus has left the station on that one, man. I'm, I'm telling you, if I was a sale, well, I am, but I've already done it. But if I was a salesperson and you think about all your peers that you compete against, you sell against. I would sit down and I would get really good at this remote selling, being on Zoom, utilizing technology and tools to get these appointments. Let's go back to that scenario where normally we'd get on a plane and fly out. So we'd have to plan a week or two ahead to have that important meeting. Or I could just like 
like you and I did, send a calendar link. And here we are the next day. And we don't have to make all these arrangements around it. And I can be beating its speed. Yeah, speed well, and, and it's quality, right? That's the yes. other thing I learned at WebEx years ago was that I've got screen number two over here. So I can, if I'm in person, I got to look you in the eyes. I can't be yes. going over here and fumbling around. You're going to be like, what's <laughs> this dude doing in my office? Right. But when I'm here, I can move this window just a little to the corner. I can drag this one over. Now it looks like I'm looking at you, but I'm actually about to ask you a question about the golden toilet. <laughs> right. And so yeah. it feels like you have a lot more at your fingertips and think about as AI starts coming in, what question do I ask next? When, when I get an objection from Steve, how do I handle the objection? Man, the level of virtual interactivity powered by AI is about to get Really, really Crazy. interesting. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we're recording this call. There's an automatic transcription happening. I can be taking just little notes by hand if I wanted, or I can use an app where I can just click a start and mark that point of the call. There's a lot of advantage and focus, and I can come out of the meeting more in tune than in, a, in person. Not that I wouldn't be good in person, but I'm just telling you, I can be a ninja on, on video as well. Yes. Let, let's dig in for our audience. Um, my company, ScaleX, has been around three years. We help companies do email and social outreach and pay, a little bit of paid ads. That's where we're dipping our toe in the marketing water. One of the challenges, we've had four to five writers over the last three years. Yeah. And writer one versus two versus three versus four versus five versus internal, everybody does it different. Mm -hmm. And typically a marketer or a CRO, I could put both in the same bucket, will actually send a way too long of an email. They don't yeah. know how email behaves. They don't know about open rates. They don't know about spam boxes. And so they want to tell every feature and function under the sun. The best one I've found, we did, let's say 2,000, 3,000 emails in a month. The normal reply these days is a half to 2%. And of that, more than half is take me off your list. But when we found this one writer, because of the way their shortness and it, maybe a typo or two, man, we got 45 responses on 2,000 emails sent in one month. That's crazy. It was, it was crazy and amazing. What's your advice for somebody who's doing email prospecting, how do they get responses? How do they make that channel, you know, come back to life again? All right. That's a beautiful question, by the way. First of all, you got to remember there's a human on the other end of this, not a consumer, not this faceless, nameless person. This person has a dream, a life, family. They, they're, they're real people. So here's... I always say our world has changed, but our brains have remained the same. Meaning that when we were created, before language existed, before text, our brains kept us safe and they kept us in a survival mode. And so that brain is still operating when an email comes in. So you and I get, I think the average email that 
that's across the board is like 150 emails a day come into our inboxes. Okay. Mm. So you go through and first of all, we're looking at the ones we know we've got, we've got the important ones that boil up to the top and the others that are down at the bottom. Number one, number, and then when you go and you look at the 30 at the top, you click on it to see who it is. And then here's what's going on behind the scene. You don't know this is happening, but I call it, so we have this old part of the brain. It's the brain stem. It's the brain, part of the brain we share with animals. That's how- the reptilian we, brain, I yes. think is what they call yeah. it. Right? Yeah. Well, I call that the bodyguard, okay? Yeah. We're all familiar with bodyguards. You, the VIP rolls up, bodyguards hop, hop out, they assess the threat assessment, they look around and if everything's okay, they give the sign, the VIP gets out of the car. One sign of danger, they grab them and whisk them out of there with no, no, they don't even apologize. They knock people over getting out of there. Well, that's your brain going through your emails. That's your brain looking at the websites. That's your brain in any situation. So when you're looking at those emails, first of all, it's going, oh, I, oh, that's just two lines. And it, it'll read it. And then it goes, do we want to answer that as a short answer or long answer? Short answer, boom, it's done. Right, because you could, I'm calculating in the back of my mind going, if I get on a call with this person that just looks like an entry-level person, they're going to talk my ear off for 30 minutes. Yes. Then they're going to put me on a call with another guy for 60 minutes, and they're going to suck because they suck at selling too, likely, <laughs> because I've had experience with that company or someone like that company. And all that happens in a split second. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they get deleted and thrown into the delete box. That's, that's, that's going on at one level. The next level is this. When you look at an email... And you get the feeling that this, this guy gets me. She understands me. Mm. I feel safe. Okay. So, well, that comes from back when we were in the forest and we we're in tribes and we're going through and oh my, oh my gosh, there's another tribe over there camped out. Did you just walk in standing up, just go, Hey guys, my name's Steve. No, you got down, you hunkered back and you observed them for a little bit to see if they were safe. And whether this is a tribe you do commerce with or a tribe that, you know, cuts your head off and cooks you. And so there's our brains are designed to go. I feel understood and safe. Mm. So in that wording, if the wording is set up to where you understand me, then immediately my brain allows me to have more time to evaluate this. So this is what it is. There's a great book called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. All right. Our brains crave story. Our brains crave to receive communication based in a story format that honors the rules of story. And simplistically, any messaging that puts the prospect as the hero and the brand as a guide instead of the opposite, you immediately have a competitive advantage in your your prospect's brain feels safer and allows a little more time for evaluation. So, wow. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because I just did a podcast with someone whose business is called the business of story. Mm -hmm. And then we, his name's park. We talked afterwards. I signed up for his masterclass because it's all about what you're talking about. I'm sure it probably comes from the same book talks about putting the, making them the hero. Um, 
two, two quick points on this, right? The bodyguard. Let's actually use a story of a bodyguard. Okay. So, so Craig Kleeman, the self-proclaimed greatest cold caller in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll tell you he's self-proclaimed, right? It's not voted <laughs> by anybody. But in actuality, he wrote a book called The Must React System. And he went, he goes into companies and he teaches them how to lead with safety and lead with insights. So he was in Amsterdam with his brother. I've met his brother and they're both pretty big partiers. So they're in Amsterdam together. And Bono from U2 walks into the bar. And Bono's Pacific Islander bodyguard is standing there. So yeah. I'm picturing what you just described and I'm yeah. picturing Craig's story. And about eight or 10 people walk up. Hey, Bono, I'm such a huge fan. Blah, blah, blah. Pacific guy stands up, go away, talk to the hand. He's busy now. And mm -hmm. he's not being rude. He's just saying, look, I get 150 emails a day and I don't, I'm not going to respond to all you people. Tell me. So Craig's over there and his brother goes, hey, dude, you claim to be the best cold caller in the world. Your job is to get a meeting for me and you with Bono right now. And if you do, I'll pay for your entire weekend of, of Amsterdam, the hotel, the beer, the drinking, whatever it is we do. And so he goes, dude, no, I'm not, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to shame you. I don't want to take that. Well, meanwhile, Craig's like, holy shit, what do I do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he finally, he stands up after about two or three no's and he finally stands up and he goes, Bono. And he raises his glass. He goes, I'd like to raise a glass to you and raise a toast. And this is 10 feet away. So he's safe mm -hmm. because he didn't approach him physically. So that's the first thing. And then he says, um, I just, and he used one of Bono's quotes. I just want to commend you for the work you do. And Craig's got a way of speaking that's off the charts. So he's, you know, using neuro-linguistics, I'm sure, in the way he's saying all of this. But he said, you know, commend you for the work you've done in Africa and all around the world. And, and I remember the phrase salt of the earth. Somewhere he threw that phrase in that Bono would know. And he said, you know, I just, I'm also on the board of a, of a not-for-profit association. And, and I just have ultimate respect for you. So cheers. So Bono does a cheers back 10, 20 feet away. They both have a drink, sets it down. They sit down. So Craig's like, okay, bro, I won. And his brother's like, you, what, you didn't get a meeting. What are you talking about? Well, the, the, the Pacific Islander walks over, excuse me, gentlemen, Bono would like to have you sit with him, uh, come and meet him. So they spent four or five hours at dinner. And now Bono flies Craig Kleeman once a year when they perform, he'll actually fly Craig out, put him in the front row and give him VIP backstage passes. Wow. And, and it's because he learned how to get past the bodyguard. Exactly. That's oh. a beautiful story. That but it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up getting, check this out. This is a pair of sunglasses that, that were given to Craig from Bono. So the ultimate, the end story is that these are actually Bono's sunglasses that were given to me. They are, aren't they? <laughs> Isn't that cool? I mean, you recognize those babies. <laughs> That's a beautiful story. Yeah. So that's, that's the key is getting, is, is leading with that. So let me, let me share a screen here real quick, because this is a way to do it digitally. I'm going to just go take a risk here and 
and show you this. So Nick is my marketing guy and he also works with other companies, but look, he puts a clapping hand. Yeah. He puts H in a lowercase H uses their first name. Nice to meet you. Who says that in their social media outreach connection? I'm without an apostrophe, lowercase I, I'm not a fan of those awful invitation messages. Everyone uses falls on his sword. This is terrible. Four dots. So just know I'm here genuinely wanting to connect with more like-minded people would love to catch up soon and hear your story. Mm -hmm. Boom. I want to hear your story. He's, he's now getting, he said, he, he, this tool can send a hundred of these a day if he wanted to, but he would have so much business. He wouldn't know what to do with. So he's only sending about um, 10 or 15 of these a day, I think. Yeah. Um, here, 25 a day. Okay. He's, he's sending 25 a day. And then what happens is when they respond and say, sure, he'll use the recording feature on LinkedIn and he'll send a response back, right? An actual response back in there to now show that he's a real person. Hey, I'm valid. I'm around the campfire. You can, you can respect me and I'm just a person. Come on. Yeah. Come on, sit down in the campfire. Come on, sit down by the campfire. And he literally did it out at my campfire one night. And that's why he used the campfire example. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So in so, that neat, it's so simple. And yet it's the way to get around the bodyguard. Yes. So I was just trying to think what, how I would approach it a little more with like, um, you know, these, these tools are nice when you connect with real, you know, with real connections, not just, just connect, connect. So I appreciate you can, I'm, I would just think about it a little bit, but I'm going to put, you have to convey, you understand they have an expectation of this, but it's a little bit confusing who to connect with. And so you're going, you can go, Hey, I like how he started off with that, but I might've said like, um, I know you get a lot of connection requests and wonder which ones are legit and aren't. And so I think you would make a, a value add to my, my list. And I hope that someday that you'll reach out and let me offer or let, yeah, let me support yeah. let you. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you that I can be a value add to you as well. Exactly. And Something what, like the one that. I hate is if I can make an intro to anyone in my network, cause that's getting overused. It was probably okay at first mm-hmm. because it was genuine. And some person genuinely was like, look, I know everyone all happy to make an intro. It's probably a good offer, but right. now everybody offers me that. And I'm like, come on, man, you're the same as everybody else now. So, well, this is hugely valuable email. And this applies whether you're doing email, whether you have a website, anything and everything that you're that you're putting out there so the the brain is always in play no matter if they're looking at a brochure no matter there you're doing a presentation no matter if you're doing a phone call these things are always in play when you're in a sales call there's i use a form of story-based selling and so if you think about what what is a story a story is you you reach you watch a movie you meet a hero that has realized the status quo is not 
going to keep going. There has to be a change. They struggle with that change, but they look for someone to give them a little bit of advice or suggestion or a donkey or something that's going to help them move on through. And then they like, they have these insecurities about handling that. They reach a low point and then they start to march out determined to make it to the final battle that, you know, the final test, if you will. And then they come back and bring their knowledge to their community. And so when you think about the folks that you're working with, so for example, Chad, the folks that you've got a great service that I'm excited about implementing in my situation is how in the world do I take advantage of LinkedIn? I used to think it was kind of a laggard and I didn't really get what it was for, but I can see now it's coming on and I can see the value and I see other people using it really well, but I'm a little insecure about how to take advantage of it in my situation, okay? How nice would it be if you had a little model that I could fit, that I could see some success happen out of this that doesn't cost me a lot of money, or I don't have to hire a full-time person just to figure out LinkedIn when I'm supposed to be figuring out YouTube and I'm supposed to be figuring out all these other places. So it would be nice to have someone that just kind of hold my hand a little bit and get me going. And then I can figure out the rest most likely. Yeah. That's, you, you just really helped me crack the code on kind of 2.0, right? When I think of WebEx, we had a free trial offer and it was two weeks. And so, you know, you'd go into a company and they'd, and I'd say, do you have anybody that's going to travel anytime soon? Let's put this in place. And I remember there was one quarter that I was going to miss my number. And I was going from Phoenix, Arizona to, to Denver, which is where I grew up in Colorado, to see my folks. I was bringing my girlfriend at the time, now my wife. And um, I'm, at, I'm sitting at 80%. And I'm like, oh, no, this is terrible. How am I going to get there? So I couldn't even stay at my folks' house. I went and stayed at my friend's because people kept knocking on my dad's office door right? And bothering me. I'm like, I got a number to hit. I've never missed. I'm not going to miss. And so I remember doing that free trial and saying, Hey, let's see if you can avoid that trip. Do you have, and they said, yeah, we've got this trip of three people that's coming up over Christmas. It'd be great if we could stay home. And I was like, great, let's just add up the money. And it was going to cost them 2,500 bucks. So I said, look, I'll give you the free trial. And then I need you to sign by December 31st. Once I've saved you the 2,500, it's, it's at the time our rate was 75 times 375 a month. But I always had this deal with Mitch Tarika, who was the SVP of sales. And I, and I could take them down to 25250. And so that ended up, I was like, look, I want to take care of you. 252 that this one trip pays for five months of service for five people in your company. And they were like, okay, do it. And then the, you called the switchboard and nobody would pick up the whole week of Christmas. And I'm sitting there banging my head like, wait, we saved you the money. We did what we promised. I had to right. find this guy's cell phone number. We found his cell. I got him at a clubhouse in some golf course. And he ended up signing it on his, on his mobile phone that day. But the free that. trial, it all comes back to if you can make it safe. That's the key verbiage that you shared with me, right? Make it mm -hmm. safe for someone to to try. Yeah. That's amazing. We just, you know, I was thinking about this today. I really hadn't 
heard a great description of branding. What is branding? Why is it important? Here's why it's important. And it, it's, I wear the same shirt. Not, I mean, I, I wear clean ones, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. every day. I got three or four of this one. Yeah. Okay. So think about it. You got your, your logo in the background. You got it on your shirt. You've got this nice, neat thing. And every time someone talks to you, it's ex- they know what to expect there. So it's familiar. We hate change because we get pushed into a place that's not familiar. So our, we don't feel safe. We feel anxiety. When, when someone pays attention to the little details, all you're doing is helping the brain know you're in the right place and you're safe. And it's just that familiar. It's just familiar. And that's what beautiful branding does. It makes, yeah, you're in a place you've been before. It's okay. And you're safe. You're not in danger. Yeah. Well, I think I mentioned to you when we talked last, there's a service called HyperEyes and it's like $99 a month. And it will actually take your website and logo and put it on my site. So if you came to ScaleX, if I, if I had it in, installed, I don't right now, but imagine coming in and said, hey, Steve, so you see your own name on my website and then it shows ROI online and maybe, you know, your website on, on a little computer in the corner. And it just feels like you're meant to be there, right? Like, this is amazing. And it's $99 a month. They can do it in that. YouTube videos. They can do it in emails, texts, and it's all automated. And it's just a little piece of code. And by the way, for an agency like yourself, uh, I think it's either 99 or 249 and you can run as many as you want for as many customers as you want. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. The level hyper I Z E or E Y E S. That man, let's, let's just let, make sure I get it right. I think it's with an S hyper eyes with an S hyper personalization for savvy marketers. Yep. And then all I do is I type in my email address when I go to their site and I say personalization demo and voila, it's all, it's all there on their website. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. CEO's heart, the hyperize impact is scalex.ai next. Start your free 14 day trial. <laughs> so there you go. There's the hook. Yes. There, that's the story hook. That's right. And it's making you imagine what the future would be. And then your brain starts filling in all the details. Yes. That's brilliant. Well, hey, this has been fun. I think the audience is going to learn a lot. Um, emails for email's sake are dead. It's mm-hmm. not a dead channel. If no. you leverage it in a way that's personal and that r- keeps in mind that your buyer is a person and has a bodyguard standing in front of them. And so how would you want to be treated if you were on the other side? Well, think about it. Think about it, Chad, using Vidyard. I use that. So if you just had a little hook, just like that thing you just read, and then there's a video and you did the, the cheers story or a version of that, that's what's, that is a way every Vidyard video I send gets watched, but I've written long emails and I ask them later, Hey, did you get that email? It took me like an hour to like go over it, go over it, go over it. And they go, yeah, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to. It's, it's like 
why did I invest all that time? When why you did I do all video? that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, here, check this out. This is how it looks. CEO's heart sign. That's a magical heart. The Hyperize impact is ScaleX next. It's got my ScaleX brand here. And then if I'm not mistaken, the further down you go, they may even have it built in. Yeah. Look at that. My name. Are you kidding me? I love that. Yeah. It's so neat. Oh, look at that. All of the modes. So if I'm doing Facebook posts, if I'm hyperized, the whole thing, all done for you at scale. Yeah. Chad, I want to, I want to encourage the, even though, so here's the thing. I wrote this book. It's called uh, The Golden Toilet. Stop flushing your marketing budget in your website and build a system that actually grows your business, right? But here's the thing. When people come to me, the conversation usually starts on the marketing doorstep. But really, if we, we looked at, if we were listening to everything they were saying, then we would miss the point that if that was a foreign language film, if we had the subtitles under there, it always, the subtitle would say this, I'm concerned because I know I need to invest in this. The industry is expect, you know, my customers are expecting me to go this way. This is the way the world's going, but I'm insecure about what I should do. And I need to make sure that it complements my sales process. That's, that's what's huge about what's going on now. It's not just marketing and sales is be, being, they are different. But I look at it like this. So I was watching a pro golf tournament, you know, and I'm, I was just thinking to myself, if I had a caddy follow me around, my score would be way better too. And I was sitting there complaining. And then, I, then it hit me. If I was a salesperson and I had a marketing caddy following me around, I would be dangerous because all my stuff would be branded. I'd have all the assets I needed. I'd be able to go, hey, I need this kind of thing. And it'd be there, right? And I would be, I would be a ninja with great spelling and all the branding. It's it's amazing to me how that point is lost. But they the technology, the marketing, the sales, they all need to be working together to be impactful and yes. Well, I think marketingcaddy.ai is likely available because most of the .ais are still open. So you may want to invest in that one because I think that's a good one, man. Marketingcaddy.ai. <laughs> that's outstanding. Well, hey, we've invented some things today. We've explored a lot around email, social. We looked at Hyperize. I mean, what a deep conversation. I think there's some pullouts from this dialogue that need to be pasted all over the internet because there's some pretty cool, cool conversation and dialogue today, Steve. I really appreciate it. I love sales and thanks for having me, Chad. This is, this is an excellent, your podcast, you're a great host and it's just fun. Yeah, man. All right, everybody. We'll catch you on the next one. And I think we're going to have to have Steve for back for 3.0 because there's too much to talk about in a 25-minute discussion. So we'll we'll reach back out and get you back on. Uh, it's like Holyfield Tyson 3 coming right up. I'd love that. <laughs> All right, Steve. Thanks, everybody. Signing out. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.